0: Proverbs is the book, the path to wisdom. Uh, I just want to do a quick recap uh, about the fear of the Lord, because that is the key to Proverbs. So fear of the Lord is essentially very important. Uh, We saw that Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline. It is not that the, this fear of the Lord is available only to few people. It is available to the entire humanity. But it is the wise people who fear the Lord. But fools, they are so confident in themselves, in their education, in their money, in their status, in their position, in their power. And uh, they are called as fools. Uh, because they don't need God, and they don't fear God. And we also saw that this fear of the Lord is both, it involves both rational and non-rational aspects. When we say rational, means that we can teach somebody about the fear of the Lord. We can instruct. That instruction is available in the word of God. If one wants to know how to fear the Lord, we need to take the Bible and read and find what God expects from us. So that is the rational aspect. But it also involves non-rational aspect. Uh, it involves our emotions, emotions of fear, loving God, trusting in God. And also we look around, observe. Uh, so fear of the Lord involves both rational and non-rational so fear of the lord in fact we can be taught Uh, children can be taught children can memorize the instructions um, and generally the fear of the lord should be evident in moral ethics in other words the way we behave the way we deal the way we do business uh, the way the society functions Uh, wherever there is no fear of God, there'll be only disorder in that society. There'll be violence. There'll be, you know, even when people are not Christians, even in a non-Christian village, uh, people use terms like, how can he do that? Doesn't he have the fear of God? So this is something that's there in human nature to fear a higher being. Uh, we are only created beings, so there is a higher being, so that is there. So wherever that fear of God is there, there is some semblance of order. Uh, one cannot say, I fear God and behave the way he wants. That's not fear of God. Uh, so that's the fear of God. Um, so we said the fear of the, the Lord is, means it's just the love of the Lord. It, it's not the way we fear an authority. We have police um, or other authorities. It is basically we love God. It is that love of God which compels us to love him, to follow his instructions. Uh, God's love for us is amazing. It is amazing. It is not just an emotion. God's love is an aggressive thing. It is an aggressive behavior of God that sent his son to this world to die in our place on the cross. That is agape love. Uh, that's the way God has loved us. And when we realize that love for us, uh, so we, we don't struggle or even we don't hesitate to say, I fear God. Uh, it is not something which um, makes us weak. Uh, rather, we want to love God, fear God. And in Deuteronomy, instead of the word "fear," fear of the Lord, we find the word "love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength." Uh, <clears throat> and we we also saw that how we develop this fear of the Lord. Uh, it is if we want to grow in the fear of the Lord. Uh there are two things which are essential. Uh, one is heartfelt prayer. Prayer in the presence of God uh, instills in us that fear of the Lord. And the second thing is diligent seeking of wisdom, reading the word of God, trying to understand the word of God. Uh, Interacting with the word of God. I fear this, the the danger with this generalness, more people are hooked on to video. They just watch a message and uh, what happens in a video is you are not interacting, we are not interacting with the material. In other words, our mind is not being renewed. Um, So it is very important that we take the Bible in hand, we read, we try to find out what does it mean, Uh, what does other passages say about this, we have to work hard, that is what is seeking diligence, seeking of wisdom, we cannot compromise on this quiet time, the usual quiet time, now we don't get to hear that, Uh, We have to sit with the Bible and ask God to minister to us. And that's the way we experience God's guidance in our lives. So this is about the fear of the Lord. And then we saw about the wise and words. Because in in the book of Proverbs, we get to hear wise, foolish, fools, you know, wise people, foolish people and all that. But there is no clear cut definition as to who is a wise person and who is a foolish person. Uh, How do we define a wise person and a fool? So when we read this book completely, then we understand uh, there are two areas which are very clear. If you read from chapter one to 31, we find that there are two areas Uh, By observing a person's life, you can make out whether he's a wise person or a fool. One is in the area of words and another one is in the area of wealth. How we speak, how we handle money. Uh, Both these areas will show the way we handle whether we are wise or not. And then we started looking at the value of wise speech is there any value in speaking wisely or in communicating gracefully is there any value so we wanted to study about its characteristics and what are its resources we uh, remember this this wisdom comes from god that's the difference between the wisdom that is there in the bible and even in other faiths, they have wisdom literature, but the difference in, in the, the wisdom that we find in the Bible is it is all it all it is all brought under the authority of God. Uh, he is the source of wisdom. Uh, so we saw the first characteristics. We said the tongue has the power of life and death. Uh, with our words we can revive a person with our words we can kill a person so this this was the first characteristic that we saw today we'll start with the second one the second characteristic is the tongue has the power to heal and to destroy others that is the second characteristic. if you you can read in detail in Proverbs six 12 to 19. Uh, I'll just give one verse from this. That's Proverbs 6 12. A troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth. A villain. Who is a villain? A villain is a person with a corrupt mouth. Who's a troublemaker? A person with a corrupt mouth is a troublemaker. So a troublemaker will never heal, He he can only destroy. He can only bring more problems. Uh, So the tongue has the power to heal and to destroy others. If you are not careful, I can be a troublemaker with my words. If I am not careful with my words, uh, I can be a troublemaker with my mouth. Uh, We need to be careful. Proverbs 10, 14 says, the wise store up knowledge but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. Uh, when we are thinking about uh, wickedness, uh, we generally think that you know, somebody comes with a knife, somebody comes with a, a gun, a rifle, a pistol to shoot others. No, just our words. The Bible says just our words are enough to ruin uh, people. Uh, Proverbs 11, 9 says, with their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. Uh, We have seen this in in the community, in the society, uh, just by, by their words, people have destroyed families because they were not careful with their words, they have destroyed the relationships. They have have destroyed families. So it is very important as children of God, uh, we take care of our mouth. So what makes this mouth so powerful? Uh, Why do we say it is more powerful than a weapon? Uh, Again, we find the answer in the book of Proverbs. Why this tongue is so powerful? Uh, So the proverb says it has the power of penetrating. No, it can penetrate into somebody's soul and it can just weaken that person. It has got the power of penetration. The words that we speak, uh, if you are not careful, it can hurt people. It can destroy them. It can also heal them. It is not that only uh, we speak bad words. If we take care to speak good words, but gentle words, life-giving words, these life-giving words uh, bring about a revival in other person's life. Uh, it comforts them. It encourages them. It uh, strengthens them. So these words have a, a it has the nature of penetrating the other person. That is the power of words. Uh, So it is when we speak, uh, the words that we have spoken can enter other person and it can heal them, it can also destroy them. It can do both. Uh, Proverbs 12, 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords." See the comparison. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Uh, So when we read uh, proverbs like this, uh, sometimes we tend to think that um, I am not reckless, but there is always a possibility if I'm not careful I too can be reckless. It is talking about human beings in general. It is not talking about a particular class of people who will, you know, who alone will use these reckless words. No, it's everyone who has mouth. The possibility is with everyone, all of us, pastor or anyone, if you are not careful our words can pierce like swords. At the same time, the tongue of the wise brings healing and uh, we have to be sensitive. Uh, the way we interact with our children, the way we talk, that's the way children pick up their language. And uh, if we are gentle with them, they also tend to reply uh, gently. Uh, because in our society, uh, gentleness is considered as weakness. So, just to show that I'm powerful, uh, people will, uh, they use uh, very violent words just to show that they are powerful. But as children of God, we need to be aware of this. If you are not careful, we also have the tendency to speak. Uh, reckless words. Uh, Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Imagine these words can enter our bones and can heal the bones and they are sweet to the soul. So words are extremely Uh, important, Uh, it has the power to heal and destroy others. We saw that the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue also has the power to heal and destroy others. The third characteristic is, uh, the tongue has the power to reward or damage oneself. We can reward ourselves, we can damage ourselves and the tongue has that power to do it. It's interesting, we can reward ourselves, we can damage ourselves. Proverbs 10.10 says, whoever wins maliciously causes grief and chattering fool comes to ruin. He's a fool and he's a chattering fool and his destination has been foretold, that will be destruction. He will come, uh, he will destroy himself. It is his own tongue. Imagine our own tongue can destroy ourselves. It can cause so much of grief and it can also ruin ourselves. Uh, So we have to be careful with the tongue. The tongue has the power to reward or damage oneself. Proverbs 12, 14, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things and the work of their hands bring them reward. Uh, Instead of looking for rewards from others, we ourselves can uh, reward uh, you know, uh, we can reward ourselves if you are careful with our words uh, the fruit of their lips the words that we speak uh, we need to examine and see how best we can change transform our own words proverbs 18 6 and 7 says The lips of fools bring them strife. You don't need other people. The lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. And the next verse says, the mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. So tongue is extremely, extremely important in the book of uh, Proverbs. In other words, in the wisdom literature, tongue plays an important role. And uh, as we have seen that heart, when we talk about heart, when we have studied about human anthropology, so heart represents the different organs of the body, And it is all about the heart. If the heart is good, the words will be good. So we need to nourish and nurture and feed our our heart. And that's how we can produce uh, good words, words that will give life, uh, words that will reward oneself. Uh, It is said, a fool's tongue is long enough to cut his own throat. a fool's is long enough to cut uh, his own throat. Uh, it's good to examine how many times I have cut my own throat. Um, that as I said that, Uh, let us not strictly classify a group of people as wise and a group of people as fools. Uh, That way we will go wrong. But when we read this book, we have a tendency uh, sometimes uh, not to use our tongue wisely. We have a tendency. After all, we are fallen human beings. We tend to go wrong. But it is good to be aware aware that um, if I'm not careful, that I can also use my tongue wrongly. And when I use that, I not only cause grief to others, I also damage my own self. It is a, there is a possibility for all of us. So it is a, that's why wisdom is all about discipline, and we keep instructing ourselves uh, day in and day out when we do, when we commit a mistake, that we all are liable to use our tongue rightly as well as wrongly. And when we use it wrongly, then we need to think oh, I have used it wrongly. At least we should become aware that I've used it wrongly. Um, Many people, uh, they are so used to their way of speaking, they don't even think that there is something wrong in how they say what they say. Uh, They don't even realize because they feel everything is fine. So it is as we read the word of God, uh, the word of God transforms us, changes us. And first thing, it makes us realize Because if I don't realize my words are wrong, then there is no way I can correct myself. So once I know this tongue can cause damage to others as well as to me, once I realize that that is the potential this tongue has, then there is a possibility that at least I will acknowledge and that's where the Holy Spirit works Mm and brings to our notice, you didn't use your tongue rightly. So we can ask God for forgiveness and try to learn and use our tongue uh, carefully. So we can use our tongue to heal people. We can use our tongue to destroy people. We can use our tongue to reward ourselves. And we can also use our tongue to damage our own lives, our own relationships. Or you know, there are many people in, in, they have lost their jobs because of their tongues, because of their tongue, because they used it carelessly. They've lost their job, they've lost their promotion uh, because they didn't use their tongue carefully. And if you want to use the tongue carefully, we have to take care of our heart. So how should we communicate? If this tongue is so important, uh, how should we learn to communicate? Uh, Proverbs 15, one gives the first answer. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So gentleness is the first characteristic. So in case, if you want to, um, find out the characteristics of wise communication. Like we saw the characteristics of tongue, tongue has the power to uh, give life as well as to kill. Tongue has power to heal as well as to destroy. The tongue has the power to reward and to destroy oneself. So in the same way how can we evaluate our own communication if I want to be wise in my communication uh, what all ingredients should be there in that communication like when we cook we say if you have all these ingredients the food will um, come out well it'll smell nice it'll taste well so what all ingredients we should have so that our words are life-giving words, so some of the ingredients or some of the characteristics. So the first one will be a gentle, because we have seen in Proverbs 15, one, a gentle answer turns away wrath. So the first thing, our words should be gentle. And what else? Uh, our word should not boast not. Pride is something that is there in uh, man's nature. If you read Proverbs 27, one and two, you'll find this. So we should not boast. Our words, in our words, we should be careful not to boast. Uh, The third one should be restrained. We have to be careful what we convey, how much we convey. So we need to be restrained. It is not being silent. Uh, Silent is not the answer, but being restrained. That's where wisdom comes. We should be restrained in our words. Man has a general tendency to control others. And one of the ways he controls others is by his words. So he should be restrained. He wants to take control of the situation. Uh, he wants to give solution to problems. That's where wisdom comes into play. We need to ask God. God has a way of working with each individual. So one should be restrained. One should be careful. Uh, We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. And that's where wisdom comes. We should be restrained. And the third one is eavesdrops, not. in other words, no gossip, not a sense of rumor. Uh, that's you find in Proverbs 11, 12 to 13. We should be careful with the integrity of the words that we speak. It should be apt. Words should be spoken at the right time in the right way. That's where you find in Proverbs 15.2. Uh, it should be thoughtful, not rash. Uh, Proverbs 15, 28, Proverbs 18.13. If you read all this, you will find our word should be thoughtful, not rash. Uh, it should be honest, uh, not false. It should be truthful, not false you find in Proverbs 8, 7, 12, 17, 19, 20, 19, and verse 22, chapter 12, verses 17, Mm -hmm. verse 17, verse 19, and verse 22. In other words, our words, our conversation, our communication should be marked by gentle breath. Uh, This was uh, actually coined by a a seminary student as he was studying on the book of Proverbs. uh, He has come with this acronym, gentle breath. Uh, Gentle breath. As we breathe. So in the same way, when we talk, does it convey gentle breath or not? So if you are careful that we always take care to produce gentle breath, then we are on the right track. Now I'm sure all of us want uh, to have this gentle breath in our lives. So now the question is how do we produce this gentle breath? How do we produce this gentle breath? Now, as we have already studied, why speech comes from the heart? Though we are talking about the tongue, that's the reason why we studied about human anthropology, saying that what soul, uh, what does soul mean? What does heart mean? And we have studied that heart refers to the different organs in the body, and I've given you the references uh, from the book of Proverbs, how heart refers to feet, hands, and tongue. Uh, so why speech comes from the heart? So if you only try to correct this tongue and lips, uh, it's not going to work out. So the real place where that work should take place is our heart. So why speech comes from the heart? Humility is in the heart. Because if you only speak, if you try to show we are humble, we'll become a hypocrite. Because we know what we are speaking is not what we really are. So we'll become hypocrites. So why speech comes from the heart? Heart is very, uh, very important. So, Proverbs sixteen twenty three says, the hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. If our quality of communication, if our quality of communication, if we want that quality to improve, then the first place we need to take care of is our heart. heart is quite deceptive and we should be careful and that's why the hearts of the wise, they are called wise people. Wise people are those who take their hearts so they are wise. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. This is the first thing. If you want to produce gentle breath, it should come from the heart. The second thing is It is you produce that communication by walking with the wise. We should commune, we should have that uh, relationship with people. Uh, You know, you stand in awe when they speak. Uh, They are so gentle, so humble, so truthful when they commune, when they talk. Uh, we should start walking with people uh, like that. Uh, it will not, and uh, instead of that, if we move with people who do, use who their tongues loosely, uh, somehow it'll come on us. That's why Psalm 1-1 says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. You just sit there. You don't even have to partake in their conversation. You don't have to participate in their conversation. Just by sitting there, because you keep listening to their words, it affects your heart. So we have to be careful. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise, and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So we have to take care, walk with the wise. Uh, It is important we learn from one another. Uh, Christian life is not a lonely life. That is why we grow in the community, we interact. We make ourselves accountable, uh, which is not there in the present day churches, but, uh, but in most of the churches. But that is the way we grow in our spiritual life, encouraging one another, uh, being accountable to one another, learning from one another. That's the way we become wise. Walk with the wise and become uh, wise. And... Uh, The third thing is maintaining sound doctrine. Uh, Doctrine means it is not something, a technical term, you know, highly theological term, it's not that. We we need to be careful, what do we, uh, what kind of messages do we listen to? Because uh, the, the devil has the habit of distorting the truth at 39th decimal. And if you are not careful, we will not even be sure that whether we are uh, listening to the word of God or there is something wrong. We need to have those discernment. Uh, You know, God's promises are, uh, are always, Amen. It is always, it is, it has the power. Uh, God, it is not that the promises of God has lost its power. Now, when our doctrines are not right, or when we hear wrong teachings, what we do is, when we see those promises, we bring in our expectations into those promises. And those promises are not going to work because those promises are not meant the way I expect. That is why we should have the right doctrine. It'll be interesting to listen to the wrong doctrines, wrong teachings, you know, because it will always satisfy our senses. God will do this, but in the Bible, has God, has God really told me whether this is what is meant in the word of God, in the word of God. Uh, we need to have the discernment. It is not that God is a liar. If God has promised something, he will do that. But are we reading it rightly? Or are we bringing in our expectations into uh, God's word? So, That is why it's important that we maintain sound doctrine. Proverbs 22, 17 to 19 says, pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise, apply your heart to what I teach. Apply your heart to what I teach. Uh, You know, I always encourage in the church that when you hear a message, you don't have to just accept it because pastor has preached it. You have to think, you have to struggle with the word that has come to you and you have to see whether it is truth or it's false. Uh, we have to, ex- we have a responsibility. It is not that past pastor is not God. So whatever teachings we get, We should examine because what appears nice, if it is not truthful, it will not help us. In times of crisis, it is only truth which will deliver us. It is only truth which will strengthen us. It is only truth which will build us up. So it is important we maintain the sound doctrine. And finally, how do we produce gentle breath? Taking care of our heart, walking with the wise, uh, learning the correct teaching. That's extremely important. We don't go to church to be entertained. There is a place for good music, good songs, all that is nice, but it is the sound doctrine. It is the because there is life in the word of God. It is that word which gives us life and strength. So that is the crucial part. In times of struggle, in times of failures, in times of disappointment, the only thing that will come to our rescue, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is the the word that comes from the mouth of God that will give us prayer. The last one is by prayer. Prayer is very important. Proverbs 15, 29 says the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. God hears the prayer of the righteous. If you are very careful with our doctrine, we can be very sure that God will always fulfill his promises. Not the way I understand, but the way God has revealed it in his word. God will and uh, fulfill his promises. So this is about the wise and words. I said, how do we know the wise people? It is through their words and wealth. So now we look at the wise and wealth. Uh, The words and wealth, it is communication and currency. Both are important, communication and currency. Uh, Sometimes people say, I don't care for money. I'm spiritual. Uh, But the Bible says uh, we should be careful about both communication and currency. Money is devil. People will say like that, money is devil. Uh, Interestingly, Jesus told more parables about money than about any other topic. You read the Bible more and more, you understand Jesus has spoken more about money and pastors, they are so fearful to speak about money because people tend to uh, misunderstand a pastor. But if you read the Bible, Jesus told more parables about money than about any other topic. And if you read the book of Proverbs, a wise man is known by the way he handles his wealth. So to be good stewards of wealth, uh, wealth is neutral. Money is neutral money is neither bad uh, nor good, but the way we handle money, our attitude towards money uh, makes it uh, bad or good. So how, do, how, how can we become good stewards of wealth? Uh, first, we should understand the danger. We should understand its limitation. We should understand its value and we should understand its management. Now, money is dangerous. So the first thing we study about danger, because it displaces God from our lives. Money somehow has that ability to displace God from our lives. In in the whole of the New Testament, we find that money alone has been equated with God. If you are not careful, money will displace um, God from your lives uh, it is not talking about a rich person or a poor person when we talk about wealth we should never think it is talking about a rich people and poor people a rich person may have the right attitude towards money and a poor person uh, can cling to his positions which is which is sin which is sinful So it is not about poor rich. It is about how, uh, what is our attitude? Are we clinging to money as our security? If this money is taken away from me, what happens to me? We have the uh, example of Job uh, in the Bible. So basically a man's heart clings to his positions for security and significance. The sinful heart has the tendency to cling to our to money for security and significance. I'm important because I have so much of money. I'm important because I live in so-and-so place. My identity comes because of my wealth. What happens tomorrow? If I have to live somewhere in a hut, how will I take it? Does it affect my inner being? Does it affect my identity? Those are the questions we have to answer. Proverbs ten fifteen says, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city But poverty is the ruin of the poor. And Proverbs 18, 10 to 11, the name of the Lord is a fortified tab. See here, the wealth of the rich, here the name of the Lord. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. So the righteous run to it and are safe in the sense They don't look to money for their significance and security. Um, In Psalm 49, five to six, why should I fear when evil days come? When wicked deceivers surround me, those who trust in their wealth and boast boast of their great riches. So it's basically the wicked people who trust in their wealth. It is the wicked people who boast of their great riches. The wicked people, they don't depend on God. They don't trust in God. They depend on themselves. Uh, That is why they are called as fools. They are living in the realm of death. They don't care what's going to happen after they die. That's why they live in the realm of death, because it is that money that makes them so self-sufficient They actually, they are living in the realm of uh, death. So Proverbs 28, 11 says, the rich are wise in their own eyes. Nobody can correct them. They know everything. One who is poor and discerning sees how deluded they are, how mistaken. If we have discerning eyes, They know that this money cannot help me. I don't get any peace from this money. I am not significant because of this money. I'm significant because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. How much God has loved me. That is my significance, not this money. And that is why Aga, the king, uh, in Proverbs 30, he recognized that. And he said, he said, he saw the pitfalls of trusting in money, in the, in the wealth, and he said, two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. Somebody has said that wealth has put more Christians at stake than Nero. If you really want to be vibrant in a spiritual life, if you want to be alive, if you want to have that kind of communion with God, which is, which is enriching, then we should be careful as to, we should be aware of the danger of money. The second thing is limitations. Money's value is limited. Proverbs three thirteen to 18, blessed are those who find wisdom. The wisdom is more profitable than silver and wisdom yields better returns than gold. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Money has its limitation when you compare it with wisdom. With money, I know somebody has said, we can build a home, uh, we can build a house, but not a home. It can put food on a table, but not fellowship around it. It can give a woman jewelry, but not the love she really wants. So, money has its limitation. So, it is wisdom which gives both material well being and spiritual life. Both material as well as spiritual life, well being comes from wisdom. So, we should desire wisdom more than money. So, we saw the danger, we saw the limitation. The third one is value let us not become so spiritual that we say that money is evil, money is devil. Money has value Uh, because it saves one from spiritual losses associated with poverty. Poverty, just that very ecosystem, living in a um, poor condition. Uh, You know, the people are tempted to commit crimes you know when you when you see how people uh, smuggle narcotics it'll all be you know somebody was struggling somebody was sick in the family they couldn't pay their bills so somebody came and offered easy money if only you carry go by plane so they carried narcotics and they are in jail so it is not only about narcotics even about other crimes poverty is is a breeding ground for evil. So poverty is not something that is commended in the Bible. It is not. Uh, Spirituality is not remaining poor. Uh, So we should be careful. Money has its own uh, value. Uh, Proverbs says, people don't want the company of the poor. Uh, Proverbs 14, 20, the poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. The poor lack social power. We see in our country, the poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. Our system itself is uh, so harsh with the poor people. No one listens to them. They are in jail, languishing in jail for years together. So poverty is not a good thing. Just because they're poor, they cannot have access to the system. So poverty is money has value. Uh, Proverbs 22, seven, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. All the caste system and all, it is basically to keep a group of people under their domination. Keep them poor. Uh, That's what we have in the government, what we call as affirmative action. That is to bring these people up to improve their social standing. That's what we call in the government circles as affirmative actions, because the rich always they rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Uh, Money helps one to enjoy life. God is not against enjoyment. Uh, So, Proverbs 12, 9 says, better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. Uh, Money enables us to be righteous in the sense of serving and enriching the community. Money is given to us so that we can bless others. Abraham was blessed so that he can be a blessing to the nations. So, how much? We can use this money just to bless others. There's so much of uh, brokenness in the community. There is so much, so much of need. If, if we can just touch somebody's life. So that's why we, God has blessed us with money. And we we should use it in a way that we can serve the community. Whatever God has given us, it's not for us. This world belongs to God. And God is concerned about everyone. So we have to use that money to enrich the community. Proverbs 11, 23, 28. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. A generous person will prosper. I'm not saying you give 10 rupees, God will give 100 rupees. God has his own way of blessing his people. And God's blessings, we cannot Buy with our money. But if we use our money, the way God has instructed us, there is a promise that God will bless us. The last thing is management. How do we manage this money? As wise people, we should know how to manage our money. First thing, we should honor God with one's first fruits. Whenever we receive money, we should honor God, honor God with a sacrificial heart, with a joyful heart, not the legalistic way. Uh, That is not the biblical command. Tithing was in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. Uh, So honoring God with one's first fruits, Proverbs 3, 9, 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then there is a promise, then your bonds will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. First is honoring God. Second is generosity. We have already seen this. One person gives freely, Proverbs 11, 24, 25. One person gives freely, it gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper, Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Honoring God, generosity, hard, hard work and timely work. Laziness is not in the Bible. It is not appreciated. Uh, Hard work and timely work. Proverbs 10:4 to 5: Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands. bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful uh, son. And fourth, contentment, not indulgence. Uh, Proverbs 21, 17, whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich contentment in whatever God has blessed us with. The fifth one is patience. Dishonest money dwindles away. Proverbs 13 11, dishonest money dwindles away but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. trying to become rich is not a good thing. Trying to please God in all that we do. God in his own time will bless us with with our own promotions, with our money. As we start honoring God, our ultimate focus should be to honor God. We are here for God's purpose. Uh, So just I want to become rich. That very thought will lead us into wrong uh, path. That's where people go wrong. I want to become rich overnight and uh, they tend to do all wrong things and they suffer. Uh, Lastly, providing for one's income before building a home. Planning is required. Uh, We have to plan. Proverbs 24, 27, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. So all that we have studied till now, it shows that what's the means of obtaining wealth? How do we obtain wealth? So it's a matter of character. It is not of method, it's not a lottery ticket. It is basically building up our character. As we build up our character, God blesses us with wealth. If character is not built and we become rich, we can can be very sure it'll only destroy us. It'll only make us arrogant. It'll only keep us away from God. First, we need to build our character even before we learn to think of money. We can handle money in a prudent way when our character is built in the right way. It is not about method. Come here, you will become rich. People go there. But Bible doesn't and recommend those things. Bible is talking about our heart and our character. So when we are looking at the book of Proverbs, uh, what we can say, we have studied about the words, we have studied about wealth. So we can conclude Proverbs is a how to be book. How to be, because it's a matter of character. It is not a how-to book. That's not a method. That's why I said, you know, there are many books. um, If you go to your bookstore, they'll say how you can become rich. It is not about how. It's all about how we can be transformed, how our lives can bring glory to God, how our hearts can be transform. Uh, So when we are looking at Proverbs, we are not looking at five steps, 10 steps that will become wise. What we are looking in the book of Proverbs is how my heart can be changed, how I can take care of my heart. Um, I have finished for the day. If you have any insights, thoughts to share, you can do so now. You can unmute yourself and you can talk. Pastor, there's a
1: scripture in uh, Proverbs 6 uh, where it says, you know, like uh, uh, words when you're talking about word, he that sows discord shall suddenly be destroyed. You know, That's discord nice. among brethren, you know, <laughs> as you said, you know, there's life and death. He said, oh, Lord, wait, he uh, Hello. Yes,
0: Pastor.
1: No. Um, so when you're speaking about, you know, life and death, you know, we can include that also, right, Pastor? Yes, yes, yes. yes. What's the, the... You know, there are people, you know, who, who tell lies between people and bring discord or carry tales. You know, they try to be good to one person and then they get the information, go and tell the other person, you know, so discord and disunity.
0: Ultimately leads to destruction. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. Uh,
1: can I can I give you two uh, two uh, things, Pastor? Examples that I had in my life uh, when the Scripture how true it is. Uh, I know two people mm-hmm. were doing this, and uh, as you said, it may not be a norm, but uh, you know, uh, it really put a fear in me, uh, a fear and sense, you know, a kind of you know a reverence for this word. Mm-hmm. Two people were doing this, Pastor. Uh, you know, showing discord and all. And as the scriptures say it suddenly will be destroyed, uh, both sadly met with accidents and died suddenly. You know, they were causing severe problems for people and they met with accidents and they died.
0: Sharon, you wanted to say something. Okay. Anybody else wants to share something? Uh,
1: about the gentle breath, Paska. Uh-huh. It's funny that it's the words have to be both thoughtful, as in not rash, and honest. Uh, I realized that it's only one of them is possible at a time, usually. I'm either honest or there has to be some quoting done, so it is not thoughtful. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think the combination
0: is what is tricky, Pastor. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How we express truth. Uh, you know, uh, some of our personalities, uh, let me, uh, some of our personality type is like that. Uh, so, we don't have to um, try to change our personality uh, because Because some of us have the courage to speak the truth, just like that. And uh, some of the people have a personality to express the very same thing in a different way. Uh, So God works with our own personality. We don't have to change our personality. But just being aware. After all, uh, these are all very ideal situations. None of us is ideal. Only Jesus is ideal. But just being aware. But uh, God respects our personality. Asha, I hope I... Yes, yeah. You don't have to be so... You know, uh, you shouldn't, there's no need for you to carry guilt. Uh, because God will always work in and through your personality.
1: Yes, Pastor. Uh, that's the way God works. Thank you.
0: Okay, if there are no more questions, we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Glorious Father, we look to you this time. You are our God. Thank you for the wisdom that is there, O Lord. Thank you, Lord, for we have this word in our hand. We pray we will be able to receive this word. We pray that the word will produce 30, 60, 100 full harvest in our lives. As you have made us uniquely different, as we try to follow your instructions, we ask for your grace, we ask for your wisdom. Without you, O oh Lord, we'll only fail, we look to you, O oh Lord. As we want to be careful with our words, as we want to be wise with our wealth, give us that wisdom, O oh Lord, wisdom that comes from you and you, alone. Oh Lord. Bless all of us with your wisdom. Bless us with good health and strength. We pray, Lord, in and through this Bible study, our walk with you will become closer. Our communication with you will become stronger. Uh, Take us to a higher level, O Lord. Draw us closer to you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.